Are you a fan of vampires? Then check out Vlada a Dracula Tale on Facebook and on Twitter for more information about an exciting new graphic novel coming soon from me and artist Ken Hunt. We take the entire story of Dracula and we gender swap the cast. This is not your traditional graphic novel. It's very akin to the Bernie Wrightson Frankenstein that you may have seen or read about. Amazing black and white illustrations and covers by Ken Hunt, as well as by Tim Vigil, Kara Nicole, and many others contributing to this amazing project. Keep an eye on the Vlada A Dracula Tale Facebook and Twitter for more information about the exciting Kickstarter coming late October. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the official Hack Slash podcast. Tonight on the show, we have a very distinguished guest on the show with us to talk about this two-part kind of side micro-series that uh, ha- involves a crossover between two characters. Uh, Kathy and Vlad meet Mercy Sparks, created by Josh Blaylock from Devil's Due Press. And to talk to us about uh, Mercy Sparks, Devil's Due Press, who she is, where she's come from, where she's going, and all sorts of new stuff that's happening with her that I've uh, been following online, is her creator, Josh. Thank you for coming on the show with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for calling me distinguished. (laughs) Well, Mercy Sparks is a very cool character, and you ran a very prominent comic book company for a a good number of years. So I don't own a comic book company. That's like always whenever I've always run into people on another podcast I do, which covers like canceled TV series, and despite the fact if it was a sucky Star Wars movie or not, me and my co-host are always like, I was never in a Star Wars movie. Have you ever been in a Star Wars movie? And she says, no, I've never been in a Star Wars movie. So this person was in a Star Wars movie. It was a bad one, but they were in Star Wars. You know, so we always give them their, their, their dues. Hey, well, thanks. Um, but, uh, yeah, you ran Devil's Due Press for a number of years. I bought all your fucking comics, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there was probably one title in particular I bought more copies of than anything else. It was definitely uh, the relaunch of G.I. Joe, which happened on, like, um, like through Image, and then it went into Devil's Due Press. But uh, I bought, like, every issue of that thing, like, totally. And then I was following Mercy Sparks for a little bit here and there. Um, and uh, kind of like Cassie, she doesn't really have, like, an ongoing as much as, like, a bunch of, like, mini-series crossovers, one-shots. So sometimes you miss something, you, you can get off track. But thank God there's, like, this beautiful omnibus that was put out, uh, wow. I think a few years ago, that has, um, like, every, almost every issue of the beginning of Mercy Sparks collected in it. Yeah, that contains uh, everything that was ever published from uh, the very first... Uh, issue which was like a, a preview like a 99 cents special like issue zero and then uh the first mini series and then the first nine issues of the ongoing series and the hack slash crossover so it's like everything published uh, all the way up through that issue nine of the ongoing yeah and then volume four we collected uh issues 10 11 and 12 and then which 
segues into Mercy Sparks Year One, which is a three-issue series, uh, sort of going into simultaneously going into Mercy's first uh, few weeks on Earth and also her uh, childhood. And now we're back into uh, uh, we've had issue 13 come out, which picks up back on the ongoing series, and we're rolling into issue 14 right now, which we're just wrapping up, about to send to press. Fantastic. And uh, Mercy Sparks has a, like one of those looks that you can't you can't hate on. It's this like red devil rocker chick with you know like black leather and giant boobs and a kick-ass attitude that she doesn't give a shit about anything. Um, it, it's 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 perfect for you know this generation that we live in of of uh, you know just anti-heroes. Yeah, and the the twist with Mercy um, is so. On one level, she is very intentionally um, a bitch. You know, not, <laughs> well, parents, also, she's not quite. She's not anything super different than what you've seen in your classic devil chick. You know, like I mean, I wanted her to look like classic, you know, devil girl from all of the old rock and roll art and like coupe stickers and posters and you know all that stuff. But the twist with her is uh, she's a. Uh, well, visually, she's got all these tattoos and stuff, but they're all heaven-related. There's angels and harps and clouds and halos. And uh, the whole story of Mercy Sparks is she's a devil girl uh, who, that's secretly living amongst us on Earth, disguised as a human, hunting rogue angels for heaven. So she's a devil working for heaven, or a devil on a mission from God. <laughs> I'm on a, um, we're on a mission from God, a famous line from a famous movie starring Dan Aykroyd. She's not, like, super thrilled about it, but she's not, like, motivated enough to put up a fight either. So she just, like, it's an excuse for her to, like, beat the shit out of some people every now and then. And does have, she does Heaven's Dirty Work. Hence, that's the name of the first uh, the first trade paperback is Heaven's Dirty Work. She definitely has, like, a fuck you attitude about it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, so, like, at it, it, the first, you know, that's, that's sort of, like, all these things. You have to have kind of a, a fun hook like that that, you know... It doesn't take itself too seriously, and, and just it's a fun read. And then, you know, not unlike Hack Slash, as you start to read, there's all these different layers to it, and um, there's a lot going on with like how the behind-the-scenes like universe and the rules of this universe of this world work in the story. And uh, that's what you know, slowly was building and building, and building, and now really there's been a lot of payoff, hopefully for readers in the last several issues, where you know they're seeing you know things that were foreshadowed in the second or third issue are finally, you know, coming to fruition now all these years later. And she has, like, the ability to transform back and forth between, like, a normal-looking punk rock girl with blonde hair and pink streaks to her devil look. Like, she doesn't ask for this job. She, uh, she's, in, so, here's, so when you really get into the story, Mercy's not even really a demon. She's, uh, what we call specifically a, a deviling. A deviling, and, okay. Uh, you know, devils or devilings are, are, they're not, they're different than demons, which I can get into later if we want to. But um, she's, uh, she lives in this place called Sheol, which is not heaven, it's not hell, it's not purgatory, it's not limbo. It's, uh, I actually swiped it from the Old Testament because it's, it's more like Hades. You know, it's where you went when you died uh, before, you know, they came along with heaven and hell as a concept. So uh, I'm like, well, what the hell happened in that place? <laughs> and uh, so in this world, that's sort of where you live if you fall through the cracks of the divine system. You know, there's all these weird creatures there. Demons can be there. Um, they don't have to like they don't have the barriers that they have to enter Earth. Um, but angels can walk around down there. Uh, if you're unfortunate enough to be a human down there, you can be. Um, there's all kinds of weird creatures and stuff. 
and yeah, it's where Mercy's from, and she uh, basically is just approached by this big giant demon named Mr. Suit one day that says, uh, "I like him. Uh, His look is really cool. Very yeah, demon with, and the, with we, the suit." We just got these uh, 3D printed figurines of him too. They're fucking sick. Oh, cool! Um, can you uh, do you have a do you have a webcam on that you can just turn it on real quick that I can see? This is great podcasting. I get to see it, but the pod, but everyone listening doesn't. <laughs> They will be for sale again, We, uh, but I have a big one here that is not for sale because it takes the printer way too long, and he's like, I'm not doing any more of these. <laughs> While you're grabbing that, I just want to go through some of the artists that have worked on Mercy's. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I always like that look. It's just so cool. It's just like this demon head, but he's got like this business suit. Again, he's like the classic, like, here's the big double guy in the suit. Now, see, um, I didn't know there was a Mercy Sparks toy either. That's So there's a Mercy Sparks yeah. toy out there? Well, these are these are three D printed. Oh, okay. um, we had the we just did these for the Kickstarter. Um, okay. This design was this was um, put together by um, this guy Crash Adams or Mike Mike Adams. Okay. Um, a couple of years ago, and then we also did. I don't have them. Oh wait, I do. Uh, hold on. Well, while you're grabbing that, I just want to list some of the artists that you've worked with: Matt Murhoff, David Newborn. Uh, Hoyt Silver, Jen Hickman, Dan Leister, who's coming on the show coming up. Uh, Joe Song worked on the Hack Slash Mercy Sparks Slice of Hell. That's cool. Ass. <laughs> these are, these are uh, real quick. This is this is the new book. Uh, this is one we're making these for. Um, this book, Arc World. These are these are based on the real life uh, elongated skulls of like Paracas in South America. Um, so this gets into some kind of like ancient aliens vibes. Yeah, um, Matt Murhoff, uh, he, he's the main contributing artist with Mercy. Um, I'm going to turn that camera off there. That's fine. Just to keep the signal strong. Yeah, no, that's um, fine. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I said no, no, that's fine. Turning the camera off is fine. Yeah, it does, it does help the signal. Um, jumping right into the issues, do you happen to have the omnibus with you or the two issues that we'll be talking about? Yeah, I've got the crossover right here. Cool, awesome. Now, why is the crossover so hard to find in the aftermarket? Because I I saw the ad for it when I was reading Hackslash, and I totally missed it. And then years later, when it was time for me to start doing this podcast, I was going through every freaking issue of Hackslash to make sure I had it. And I have all the floppies to Hackslash from from Devil's Due Press and Image. Yeah, there's, have, there's a few Hackslash issues that are super hard. When one would be those reanimator books. Uh, uh, and the next, the, even the harder one would probably then be the Mercy one. So um, they both have to do with distribution. Um, but yeah, with um, so with Hackslash, uh, this is like, ironically, we're going through this the recession again. You know, back in 2008 when things crashed, uh, I can't really get into it more too much. But we already we were into it with our distributor, and we settled all that stuff a long time ago. And we're all lovey dovey again. Good. But, um, yeah, I just uh, we had pre-orders on this book. It was supposed to go out to the comic shops, and I just had to like pull the distribution um, and and just our because I wasn't guaranteed I was going to receive uh, payment for it if I sent it, you know, through through the usual outlets. So the thing was done. You know, it was ready to go press, and we just went ahead. You know, we had a list of several hundred retailers. We just decided to you know ship it direct and. Um, so, you know, he got out there, but not nearly the circulation it would have had otherwise. And, uh, yeah, it really, it really just was uh, – there was an exclusive done at a Detroit fanfare, which was a cool little convention that went on for a couple of years. Um, it, you know, there were copies that went in bulk, in bulk to, like, 
I don't know how many retailers. I don't remember. I don't know if it was a hundred or what. Um, but yeah, there, there wasn't a lot out there until it got reprinted in the, uh, I think, Hackslash Omnibus Volume Five and in the Mercy Sparks Omnibus. And it was so if you have one of those copies, and later on, uh, for like a couple of years, there was this company, Arcana, that did a, some reprints of it. Um, but other, I mean, if, if for you to have one of those actual original copies, those are super hard to find. Yeah, I've never been able to find them. I've never seen them before. Um, again, I can't There's believe... There's a 48-page prestige format, soft covers. So um, they, well, for the digital versions, we broke it into two parts. Um, so there's uh yeah there's, there's only one to find but um it's it's not easy sure okay um so yeah i've never seen these issues um and i don't know why my local comic store didn't put them in my box because i've subbed hack slash so and usually if you sub one title they they'll always stick like the first issue of like whatever the one shot is so if you sub spider-man they'll stick everything spider-man in your box um, oh yeah they they placed the order through diamond you know and they were that's you know where they get all their books from and then all of a sudden they, those diamond orders were canceled, and oh, okay. gotcha. they didn't uh, respond to our you know email blast to respond to our calls saying like hey you can order direct, or they just or it just wasn't worthwhile to them. Then you know it wouldn't have shown up. Gotcha, so, um, gotcha. Yeah, it's one of those things that uh, just kind of disappeared into the ether, and you know it's now all these years later it's like a rare collector find. Yeah, definitely. So Mercy, um, Hackslash Mercy Sparks had uh, three covers between the two issues. The first issue had two covers. I think the first one has Mercy. Uh, so the first one has Mercy and um, Mercy and Cassie holding the flaming sword with her adhesive tail wrapped around it, and the image just looks like something off of a cover to a heavy metal album. Because then you have the floating heads of all their supporting characters above them, Vlad looking like a badass. Uh, Mr. Sue, the uh, the villain for the story, and then Mercy's companion. But just the image of the flaming sword and these two smoking hot, you know, very clothing revealing characters on the cover is something like <laughs> out a of a metal like album. A drawing right there. Yes, it is, and it's definitely out of something like a metal album. You know what I'm saying? The metal albums that have like just like the, yeah. the hot, sexy women on them. And uh, my co-host, my new co-host for this podcast. Uh, who couldn't join us for this because she's not as big of a she she doesn't know a lot about Mercy Sparks so she opted out of this episode. She does a lot of cosplay that's very indicative like Cassie of just being like you know smoking hot clothing and just you know really being like a rock star in her images. So it's 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 uh, definitely a character I have to pass on to her to check out. Um, so they're hunting down. Okay, so who is this character well, that they're hunting down with the priest? This is so the our sword is actually integral to uh, what ties this together. Because my challenge was, you know, uh, was how do I take Mercy, which is you know not really a horror book. It's a supernatural action, a little bit of humor. There's some there's some pretty gruesome stuff in it, but it's not like what I would call horror. And and uh, really the only similarities with uh, it's Cassie and Mercy are both kind of like I don't know. They're both kind of like really bitchy, but in, in their, like I say, in their own unique ways. Um, so I had to tie that together and make it work so that we could take this slasher universe, you know, undead, and mix it with the way that, you know, sort of supernatural works in Mercy Sparks. So, you know, this is definitely a big spoiler if uh, someone hasn't read it, but I'm assuming most people on here have slasher files and they've probably read everything. Um, it's so the sword turns out that the villain is this uh, guy comes back from the dead who is sort of a play on uh, the author of um, 
I don't not, not really the author, but on those kind of books like uh, shit, I'm blanking out now. All these man, most like most popular thing in the world, Tom Hanks movie, Angels and Demons. Before that. <laughs> It was a really popular book with uh, a novel, and then they made the movie with Tom Hanks. Oh, uh, Da Vinci, um, da Vinci, da Vinci da, Code. Yeah, da Vinci yeah. Code. So I was Christ. wondering. I was like yeah, wondering. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So, like, I didn't remember. I didn't remember a Da Vinci character from Hackslash. I'm like, what? What? Wait, was there was a Da Vinci character, or yeah. am I misreading? Well, imagine those? a book, uh, some like play on like a book like the Da Vinci Code, and some author of that book actually gets a little too close to the secrets of the church, and he he, uh, you know, the church actually has him has him killed. And then he uh, comes back from the dead as this avenging slasher. But what actually gives him the power to come back from the church to enact vengeance on this corrupt group of, uh, you know, cardinals and priests that had him taken out is an actual real-life angel sword that was stored in the Vatican. So that is where Mercy Sparks comes in because, the, you know, we're dealing with like an actual angel sword and Mercy's whole role is hunting down angels. So... When they finally get the encounter, when they finally encounter each other, you know, Mer- his whole motif is he's got this flaming angel sword, he's kind of got this monk's robe, and it looks like a, um, a uh, his instead of wings that he has just like all these tied together dead birds that just form these sort of gross wings behind him. So Mercy's like, "What the fuck is this? I don't know. It's some kind of weird angel, gross angel thing," and uh. You know, Kathy shows up hunting the slasher's element. Now, the, the, this whole thing with, like, the gross angel thing kind of reminds me a little bit of the Christopher Walken prophecy films. Yeah, yeah, I've only seen, like, glimpses of those uh, from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're pretty good. I only recommend the first... Uh, I, I, I'd only recommend, like, the first three films. Yeah, usually how it goes. <laughs> Even the third one. Um, but yeah, like um, so. I forget what I was gonna say. The uh, bear with me. It's been no, like no, 10 it's fine. Years. It's, it's totally fine. And I just actually just sped read through. I, I I've read them before, but I just speed sped read through them again for the purposes of this. Um, I do like the fact that Cassie has to get a regular job and Vlad doesn't get a job. So he's just sitting there eating while she's like waiting tables. And you have the creepy old man yeah. who's, she's like, can I help you? And he's like, yeah, more ways than one. And you're just like, ew. Well, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's fun too because the, uh, you know, so the Mercy actually, at least at this time in the in the uh, Mercy continuity, because um, Mercy actually, Mercy and her uh, roommate slash sidekick. Sidekick, uh, yeah, Hank, that's definitely more Hank. of a sidekick. <laughs> Yeah, her and Hank Hank helps like create all the gadgets and stuff that help like combat like all these divine entities entities she has to fight. <coughs> He's sort of like this uh genius who happens to be a big metalhead that never applied himself. Yeah, so definitely. His brain, definitely puts his brains into making all this stuff. Um they get a, a check mysteriously that shows up in the mail every two weeks from heaven. So they get like heaven welfare. <laughs> um or he- heaven UBI. And um yeah, so like they're just you know trying to remember like exactly uh, what brought them into the different parts of the area. But so the thing was like fitting the characters together, though you know they they are everyone automatically is sort of associated them with each other at the time because they were both published by Devil Do Publishing. 
Um, and then we, you know, they're both like these sort of like, you know, like badass, you know, like kick-ass uh, female characters. But they're really different. Um, Cassie's a very nuanced, layered uh, person. There's a lot of uh, stuff in there that I think was ahead of its time, even on her, you know, her um, confusion on her sexual identity or her, you know, preference, I mean. And just, and it's a little more gossipy, whereas Mer- Mercy's just, Mercy's a blunt instrument. She knows exactly what she is, and she's just, uh, just wants to stop getting batted around by the system that she's stuck in the middle of. And other than that, she just wants to, like, fuck off. <laughs> and, uh, and she's sort of, like, has more of this classic, like, punk rock, rockabilly sort of vibe. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, I just always figured, you know, if two people like that really, who are also so used to being in charge, get together, they're really not going to get along. So they both, like, think the other one's a bitch. But, like, Hank and Vlad, they sort of, like, bond, and they sort of geek out over some stuff. And, uh, you know, it worked out. It worked out really well, though. The uh, the fact that, that the sidekicks um, bond with each other as much as, like, uh, Mercy and Cassie don't quite get along, but they do, but behind their backs, she's like, oh, she's kind of a poser. Oh, she's a bitch. It, that was really funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because then, then the guys are like, "Well, I thought she was cool." <laughs> like, but it's all like like passive, passive digs. Um, and uh, yeah. So it's like, uh, oh, I know I started to say earlier than I think I got I sidetracked myself. But yeah. So Mercy, um, basically just gets orders from Mister Suit that she's gonna, like, has this job from heaven now, which she didn't ask for, and she just starts to like, you know, bitch about it, and he just knocks her out, and she wakes up on Earth, and she looks like a human. So she like, freaks out, um, sort of like if the CIA knocked on your door and said, like, congratulations, you work for the U.S. government now. You'd be like, oh, I guess I do. And then, like, you just pass out and wake up in another country and you look like a completely different ethnicity. Um, then she finds out, though, that she can she can uh, change into this, back to her true form. She can change back and forth at will from devil to human. So, and... uh Sort of like the matchup on like a fight's not really fair because like it's kind of like Cassie's just a normal human and Mercy's got sort of like I don't know it's never really been specified but sort of like Spider-Man level you know probably strength and stuff if you want to get all comic-y nerdy about it um, but it's um uh, it, it was fun. The uh, there's also the reference in here to uh, Chippy the Chipmunk, which was, of course, the uh, comic book within Hackslash that they turned into like a slasher goth girl character by Tim that Cassie absolutely hates, <laughs> and of course yeah. is one of the reasons why she fucking hates Tim Seeley as well. You know, Tim wrote self-referential that t- Cassie Hack in the that the Tim Seeley in the Hackslash universe, Cassie can't st- fucking stand. It's kind of like. Sam and Dean Winchester on Supernatural finding out that they're characters in a fucking novel and they're like pissed off that their their tortured lives are being written about and made profits off of. Yeah, I love it. You did an awesome job with like that self-deprecating, you know, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, then of course they uh, find out that that's God all along, as in God Almighty, you know, the guy above us. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have well, it worked. Well, so in the in the story, you know, it was Hank. So Hank's this guy, you know, he's always looking for weird relics and artifacts and stuff that he can you know, sort of hodgepodge together these anti-angel weapons, and um, he just finds them in weird places, and somehow in this he stumbles across, uh, you know, 
stumbles, stumbles across finding this sword and uh, finding some of the stuff that Lee... I don't, I don't want to spoil too much of the story for anyone. That's oh, totally that's fine, like, but... but like here's is saying I don't want to spoil it, but it's really because I haven't read it in so long. I, <laughs> I do I, the details. I do absolutely love the artist that comes in after those issues. Um, the uh, I, uh, God, I think his name's Mar... I'm, I'm kind of jumping around. Matt, uh, Matt Murhoff. I absolutely love his stuff. That, oh, that, Matt, Matt is... Uh, I mean, yeah, he Matt, draws... So Matt, Matt's really... Matt's the closest thing I have to a co-creator on the book. Um, he was the first artist on board, did several issues. Yeah, uh, good stuff. Just, I mean, he draws he draws a creature really scary and very detailed. Mr. Suit looks as cartoony as he's supposed to, and then he draws women as, like, badass fucking bitches, and they look fucking hot as hell, which is and awesome. And they look real. They like, look real, to, yeah. Like, yeah, he knows, like, how to draw, like, real-looking, not just women, but just real-looking people. You oh, know? my God, it's he so draws. hot. <laughs> Yeah, um, so, like, and the way I like to work, too, is like, so I, you know, I am an artist and everything, so I, I do, what, the good thing is, like, when I'm creating a world or, or writing, I uh, I can draw all the characters out and I can design the characters, and then, but when it comes to, like, actually drawing the, the interiors of the book, you know, I typically will pass that on and work with the artist on that, so I can at least be, like, a little more of the creator on a holistic level than just someone who's just writing, but then, uh, yeah, my Matt just took it to a whole other level, and uh, and then he one 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 of my favorite things that he does is so I have all these very specific weird ideas about what heaven is supposed to look like. Yeah, <laughs> don't we uh, all? <laughs> there's like I mean, because heaven is supposed to be if you see a, a something uh, like really powerful from the divine realms, it would be just as scary or just as um, creepy as seeing something from hell, but it's uh, just as intimidating, but, but in a weird way, like, oddly beautiful, too. So it's like, and it's, heaven's all about creation. So there's always these weird scenes where it's just one animal form morphing into another, and there's, like, mushrooms growing and dying and plants around, and everything's constantly moving. It's kind of gross and gooey, and, and uh, the, um, so they, some of the more and more levels you go up, the angels get weirder and weirder looking. Of course. Like, like, really taken from, like, just weird stuff from, like, you know, revelations and quotes from the Bible where they talk about, you know, and then the prophet John saw this goat with seven heads and then inside each head was the face of a tiny little man and it had three horns and its eyeballs. <laughs> just weird shit like that. So, uh... Totally yeah, understand. That makes, that makes complete... Don't worry, Josh. That makes complete sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, like, if you see, like, designs for Archangel Michael, um, like, he's, like, this weird... Like and, and in Namat, the, the one of the main angels in Namat, um, they're her armor as well. They're like very like kind of organic and almost look like they're made out of wood or something. But Archangel Michael looks like this big fucking deer monster, and then he turns into this big badass looking dude. And and uh, yeah, so Mercy's full of all kinds of weird stuff like that. Once you get past the tongue in cheek, like here's this punk rock devil chick and her heavy metal like sidekick, and they're gonna go beat you know kick some ass and drink some beer then uh, we also have a lot more behind that. The, um, the current series that's happening now, um, what, what, what's, what's going on with Mercy Sparks? Uh, that I'm not completely caught up on. Uh, so for the last several uh, issues, she's been... Um, all, all this stuff was sort of leading up to this big show-off with her mother. Dun, dun, we introduced dun. her mom at oh, the end boy. of the omnibus. 
in a everyone's in doing this. everyone's doing that. It seems like if you watch Lucifer, they did a bit like a couple of years ago. They did a big thing with like God's wife, and then I remember there was like another demonic devil kind of story in another thing of fiction that was just like, what about the mom? And I'm just like, and I I, I, I like. <laughs> I had I watched like the was that the first season of Lucifer? No, that was season two. That had the chick from um, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, what's her name? Tall yeah. blonde, six. Yeah. The you know the so cyborg. I, I kind of shit my pants a little bit when that <laughs> happened because I had been working for years towards building that up. Oh but, no! Yeah, it took me a while to get the Mercy books out. Oh no! And then we're watching that, and uh, I was already like. When I'm, you know, when we be at cons and stuff, and you're trying to tell people like if they might like the book, you're like, oh, if you like stuff like, you know, Preacher, Hellboy, Lucifer, you probably like this. And then, uh, yeah, we're watching it, and it gets to the end, and he's like, you know, who who broke out of hell? He's like, mom. And I literally was just coming out with that issue where Faustia, Mercy's mother, shows up, and uh, it was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, that's just the kind of stuff that happens. Uh, but here's the here's the crazier thing was, um. All along, the plan was that, you know, Faustia is supposed to, Mercy's mom, is supposed to look a little bit younger than her, and she's like a little, she's a little tinier, and uh, sort of like the embodiment of everything that annoys Mercy. Right. Um, she's very, like, kind of like very vapid and flippant and, and just, you know, um, a little, little like, almost, almost comes across kind of ditzy and, and just, but at the same time, she's actually super smart and manipulative. Um, so... They were talking about casting someone younger than the actor that plays Lucifer as his mom, and I was like, "If you guys do that, you motherfuckers." <laughs> and they ended up keeping it about the same, but um, yeah, so no, no, in Mercy right now, where we've been, uh, issue fourteen is going to be this big forty-eight page, uh, wow, prestige format, like that is just going to sort of finally bring all that stuff to a close. It's so, and then thick. going forward now with the way that. Uh, COVID kind of threw off the distribution and, and, and just, you know, what was going on in the comic shops for a while. We're just continuing. All, all of our, most of our creator-owned books are all just going to continue in this 48-page format. And uh, we do a lot of Kickstarters anyway, and this just, just allows us to do them every few months, put a new 48-page edition out. It's a little more of an event. Um, you know, you've got some more meat to the story, and you're still getting a good, in a good frequency. Well, where can people go to find out more information about the current Mercy Sparks and those cool little figures that you mentioned? You can plug the Kickstarter and uh, or the after backer, whatever it's called, the thing after Kickstarter. Cause I'm assuming the Kickstarter. Yeah, over. Um, or you can just buy on the website. Too. Or you can just go and give your money on the website, PayPal, yeah, um, MercySparks.com. There you go. P A R X. Awesome. And you are on social media, of course. That's how I found you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, Facebook.com/slash Josh Playlock and. The uh, Instagram is Josh C. Blaylock, Twitter, Josh Blaylock, and uh, trying to figure out how the fuck to use Twitch. <laughs> I don't want to know how to use Twitch. I don't <laughs> want to know how to use Snapchat. It's, I, I don't even want to be on Instagram, but it was just like, God, I have to be on Instagram because I'm also launching my own graphic novel, and uh, this is just all so annoying. So, but I'm glad we were able to connect. I'm sorry that we weren't able to connect a couple of weeks ago. I had a whole bunch of like mex, mes, messed up scheduling stuff. So, but I'm glad we were finally able to connect and have you on the show. We've been reviewing. We just you were pretty much the end of the Devil's Due Press stuff. So you're, we uh, we have gone through every single Devil's Due Press issue of uh, Hack Slash and uh, praise the accolades of all the previous you know stuff um, companies. We go through the ads in the issue as well. So I'd always like mention, oh, there was this Devil's Due Press book. There was this Devil's Due Press book. And there was this Devil's Due Press book. Yeah, we did a lot of shit. <laughs>
Thank you so much, Josh, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We hope you have a happy Halloween and you stay safe and healthy during the pandemic. You too, man. Hey, thanks for giving Hackslash so much love. I'm still a fan myself. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Dorgan Ramen is a restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. It serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in the Metro West. Everything's done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508 508- 309-3416 or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well www.dorganramen.com Murderous monsters don't stand a chance